Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro in South Philadelphia at the NovaCare Complex. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Summer is on, and we're looking ahead to training camp. In a way, slow down here in South Philly, so want to do something a little bit different today with our Eagles Insider Podcast. want to talk to a former Eagle. He's one of the most fascinating guys that I've ever met. I always say that he's, the, when people say, who's the best interview you've ever had as an Eagles player? Who is that player? And I say, it's Troy Vincent, who, of course, is a member of the team's Hall of Fame, former first-round pick of the Miami Dolphins, came to the Eagles in the mid-'90s and really, really helped turn things around for the defense then. Ray Rhodes and... The Eagles, geez, think back if they just had solved the quarterback position because the defense was in place with Troy, Bobby Taylor, later Jeremiah Trotter, Hugh Douglas. Good, good defense. Well, obviously, Troy has gone on to great, great things in his career. He's been just a man who you kind of just really admire, right? Like, he just does it the right way. He's always been extremely cerebral guy. He was the seventh pick in the 1992 draft after a great career at Wisconsin. And um, he is just somebody I just always admired. He played with the Eagles 1996 through 2003, was the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year in 2002, five-time Pro Bowler, Wizard White NFL Man of the Year. Somebody who is still in the game, of course, executive vice president of football operations in the NFL. And he oversees the development of this league and has been in this position since 2014. So he's got a lot going on. And one of the things that he has going on is his lifelong commitment to helping against uh, you know, a very just a, a insidious and horrible I don't know, part of life that unfortunately is part of our culture, abuse against women. It's something that he has been in a crusade against for his entire life. We caught up at an event at Lincoln Financial Field recently, uh, women fighting back against abuse and raising money to bring awareness to it and to you know, help minimize these kinds of issues. So this is a fascinating conversation. We're going to wind it back, of course, to the Eagles and to the NFL. But it's also an admission from Troy Vincent about something that has been a huge part of his life, unfortunately, forever. So let's begin our Eagles Insider podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. With that, Troy Vincent, one-on-one. And this is a winding road of a conversation, but it is certainly worth a listen. Troy Vincent, we are here at Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, we're here for a Dish It Up event. It's Women Against Abuse. Why is this an important issue for you? Well, all my life, I was first introduced to violence against women at the age of six, six, seven, say six, through the sounds of my mother being beat. Uh, my brother and I, um, while in Trenton, my mother's boyfriend at the time, we, wo- we woke up through the sounds of the night, uh, flesh hitting the walls, um, hollering, screaming, moans, um, and, you know, oftentimes, too many times, countless times, you, you, you leave the bedroom, 
Once there's complete silence, mom in a puddle of blood, and then you're just looking for help. And that's where I experienced that, you know, pretty much all of my adolescence years until the age of around 16. And once that year, particular year, I felt like I was physical enough uh, and mature enough to confront, to say enough's enough, um, don't put your hands on my mother anymore. So it began there and then my wife, um, not knowing that my wife was actually a victim of domestic violence. And due time, we just, we just felt like this is all of our issue. And I made that commitment to my mother at the age of 16. Years later when I was married, um, made the commitment to my wife and my daughter, who's a, an assault victim as well. We're just committed to this. This is every day. Um, as I mentioned, I've said this several times, violence against women and young girls is our issue. And we as men, uh, we have to, we have to do better. Uh, we have to respect women. We have to acknowledge uh, who there are in our lives. And most perpetrators are men. And I, I, I challenge men because most organizations, just like the organization here in Philadelphia, Women Against uh, Abuse, is ran and led by women. And that's not, they're not the issue. We are the issue, the men. And we as men have to continue to, we got to take a stand. We cannot allow, because the vast majority of men in our society are good men. But we allow 10 million women, 10 million women a year. Every nine seconds, there's a woman assaulted or beaten in our country. That's sickening. Violence against women is the leading cause of injury to women in our society. That shit, that's unacceptable. We're a nation now that's led by data. In facts, what does the data say? Well, these dad, this data hasn't changed. One out of every three women will experience this. One out of every five teenage girls will, will be introduced to violence when presented a breakup to her boyfriend. I thought I knew a lot about you. I never knew that all those years, all these years, you lived in, you've lived in a world of men. How did you ever confront it in the locker room? Always. And it's a way that you have to confront it. I think there's a way when you see it and people say, what are steps? When you, you cannot laugh at jokes that are not funny. It starts in the workplace, in our home and how we raise our boys and young girls. When you see something that's inappropriate or you hear something that's inappropriate in a respectful manner, you can challenge a, an individual, in particular a young man to say, I'm a father of two daughters. But that a comment that you just made was inappropriate to your coworker. And then uh, wife and I, I mean, we, we, we are, we're behind a bunch of policies. Um, we're on boards of the domestic violence hotline, but this is what we do daily. This is daily work. This is not once a month, a once months out of the year, or you have to do this work every day and you got to challenge men and bring men aboard. There are more good men. I, I think it's important to reference. There are more good men in our society than those who perpetrate women. And also, I mean, during two years of pandemic, when there's frustrations financially and everybody's at home, you don't even know the, the, the there's no reporting of it. There, it must have been really challenging. Ex extremely challenging. I work with the uh, uh, the governor of New York at the time during the pandemic, do a lot of work with Joe Torrey, who's been a, one of the men who, frankly, has led in this particular area um, in my time. Uh, these are dark times 
and we have to support here to get the organization. I think this is important to, to just acknowledge, to have the Philadelphia Eagles and the organization behind the only shelter, most comprehensive shelter, the only shelter in the city of Philadelphia. This is the kind of awareness that it takes a big brand, an organization that's that's in the fabric of the city to get behind organizations like Women Against Abuse. Critical to be here at the link on a beautiful day, raising capital. What's the most important thing? Raising capital. Why? To support families that have been displaced. To, dis- to support women who are just trying to pick up the pieces to get their lives together. So I've always been, a, and I'll say this, an Eagle fan. I bleed green. But things like this, coming together in partnerships like this, this is why I love being an Eagle. And Women Against Abuse, one of the Eagles' care partners. And so having the event here, supporting them, you feel like it's making a difference? Absolutely. And you can just, listening to the people that have come out, to support the local community, the local business owners. That's what it's all about. That's the true, that's the, the true element of the what we call the city of brotherly love. You see the people come here, they're encouraged, they're giving, they're supporting, and it drove just additional awareness that people didn't know. Troy, uh, an awkward transition. You're, you're, I'd like to talk football if we could. Is that okay? Absolutely. You're wearing your Hall of Fame jacket. Looks great on you. Thank you. Um, NFL 2022, what's in store for the fans this year? How excited are you about what's ahead? I'm, I'm excited because we just came off of two of the most tumultuous years of our lives coming through the pandemic as a people. Also, they were the most dynamic two years of professional football. Huh? The quarterback play the competition level, the competitive level level was something that we've never seen in 102 years of football. What we have learned when the quarterbacks are upright, we have a dynamic, dynamic game. We've, we've seen that. We saw that last year, which arguably was the best playoff series. No doubt. That we've Other than the seen. fact that we, 2008, yes. 17, of yes. course. But, yes. but when you watch that, Every club is coming in this season thinking our team has a chance. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think you could. We have one rule change. What does that tell us? The game is pretty good when you're not going into the offseason and you're spending a lot of time on a ton of different rules. Hey, we learned something. What? Every team and membership voted on. Every team should touch the ball. Led by the Philadelphia Eagles. Led by Jeffrey. Every team should touch the ball. Both teams should touch the ball in postseason play. That's what the fans are That's here That's the for. only real rule change. Yes. It's amazing. That was it. And everything else was points of clarification. Mm-hmm. Health health and safety, how, how have you seen that improve over the last several years? So that is one where we made the most progress. When we look at use of helmet is where we really focused in. The com- repetitive impacts, we're, we, we've removed, continue to remove uh, drills that just didn't make sense, but that's the way we did it. But most importantly, and I give credit to Dr. Seals, Jeff Miller, Don Aponte in the league office, and Dr. York, the acclimation period, evaluating those first eight to 10 days of practice 
four days of acclimation, just getting of non-contact, and then you get into the contact. Studying the science. We're now seeing science and engineering and video come together to keep the athlete healthy. And what have we learned? The healthiest teams are the teams that's standing at the end of the season. The head coach has a direct correlation to athlete injury. That's what the data says. When the head coach can monitor those first eight days of practice for lower extremity injuries, those teams typically that are healthy during the year, they're standing holding the Lombardi trophy at the end. Hmm. Uh, 17 games, unqualified success, just all across the board, everybody on board with 17 games was the right move? Yes, it was time. And then what do we study? We didn't see any significant injuries that occur. Added an additional regular season game. So we think it, we all believe, you listen, who's we? The coach, you talk to the players, you talk to the medical staffs, you talk to membership, you talk to the fans. I believe the fans enjoyed it. We had competitive games from the beginning to the end. So when are we going to 18? Let's just enjoy the 17. Let's, <laughs> okay. just, let's just enjoy this for a little bit. And we're going to keep, we got to keep studying the science, keep studying the data, because it's not just about more games. You got a human body that's in that, in that uniform. Yeah. Let's see if this works, continues to work. Let's see if, let's enjoy it now. I think another interesting aspect is the international push. Um, where are we going? We're going to Germany this year, right? Mexico. France, Mexico, Germany. That whole international series is just fascinating. Why? When people talk about what's the next generation of fan or fandom, it's the international. You got London, Tottenham, Mexico, Germ eventually China. I mean, it's beautiful. You talk about being a global sport. Here's my, here's my question on that. It's a hard game for international fans who've never been around it to understand. There's stoppages, there's flags, there's some guy in a striped uniform waving his hands with rules. Soccer, it's just roll the ball out, everybody's running around. Basketball, only five players on a side. Football, there's 11 on a side with a lot of nuances. How do you educate the world? You educate the world and we're seeing it through our international pathway program. If anybody has seen that in the last, just just look, just just take the last two years, five to you know four to five international players, players from Africa, they're playing and starting here. The Eagles have a great, they're they're good ball players. We're now in a generation where the children are teaching their parents about the sport, unlike years past or decades, uh, decades, where we've seen the parent legacy actually teach children around whatever sport it may be it's now we're now in an era where the children in, in particular international they're teaching their parents about american football so our international pathway program has been outstanding us playing games there more importantly those players from international making nfl squads that's how you educate through flag football as well I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say that. It's the most basic level of football. It's very inexpensive. And you can teach it. If you can teach soccer, you can teach baseball, you can teach lacrosse, you can teach the international markets the game of football. Didn't Jaws and Chad Lewis, didn't they have something going in the Far East years ago where they were having those grassroots programs to educate? Yes. Yes. Still doing that? Did it make any progress? Yes. I mean, it's the reason why O.C. Minura 
and others. What they were doing years ago, what Jaws and Chad was doing years ago, we just built on it. Different clubs and different, frankly, different former players took their model and expanded. Mm -hmm. How many years have you been with the league now? This is going into my 12th. And would you say the league is as strong as it's ever been? It just keeps getting better and better to me. It How keeps getting better and better. Why? Because of the collaborative effort and everyone keeping the game first. The fan, the player, and the owner. That's what matters. And when you find the inclusion of those three elements and what works for the investor, that's the owner, the player, the health and care of the player, and then the fan, the individual who's sitting in the seats that's watching the, the players uh, participate, it's a beautiful thing. And the quarterback play, the wide receiver play, the defense, it's the skill set is something that we've never seen before. I mean, you look at this draft class. You look at some of the draftees that the Philadelphia Eagles just drafted. You have men that are 6'6", 6'8", 6'7", 300-plus pounds, running four five forties. Unheard of. And you see more of it. Well, I would argue that, listen, you at cornerback in 2002, when you could touch somebody, a little bit different now. It is a little different. I'm not saying it's not different. And I'm not, not for the worst. The, not right, for the worst. The game has evolved. Mm -hmm. But guess what? As, as, as the game has evolved, player protection is better than it's ever been. And fandom isn't at an all-time high. That's, that's what it's about. It's not about when I was in the, the dinosaur era and what I did. It's about today. Mm -hmm. And enjoying and celebrating the men and, and the women that are playing the game today. It's a beautiful thing. When will a woman... That's coming. coming. Oh, it's coming. It's coming in many different facets. Just left Atlanta a week ago at the NAIA Women's Flag College Championship. 13, 13 schools, institutions competed. Women. We're going to see a, women, a woman GM here shortly. We already have women in the ownership position. We've seen it at the president level. We have six states that have now sanctioned women's varsity football. Amazing. I'm going to read, yeah, six states. Six states. Tackle football. Tackle football. It's exploding with 20 on the docket. It's just that when we talk about football for all, that's the beauty of our game. There's a place on the field for everyone. Yeah. Troy, I could talk to you forever, but I think we need to go back inside and make a raise difference. Make, make, make a difference Let's in the world. Let's raise some money. Let's raise Thanks some money. so much for your time. Thank you. All right, many thanks to Troy for his time there and his wisdom. Always, always a man of great perspective. In this week's Extra Point, we are going to uh, have some fun. The Eagles, in case you missed it, have announced their first tequila partnership. They're in the tequila business with Real Azul, an ultra-premium tequila made from 100% blue agave. It's a multi-year deal, and the Eagles, yeah, for the first time ever, in the tequila partnership. Hey, Eagles fans who are 21 and older, if you come to Lincoln Financial Field this year, you will enjoy the authentic Real Azul experience with portable bars on the concourse level, and then the installation of a co-branded bar in 2023. So 
when you're in the mood and who isn't, get on over and enjoy some of the very best tequila Real Azul now partners with the Philadelphia Eagles to enhance, as Brian Napoli, our vice president of corporate partnerships, says, enhancing the game day experience at Lincoln Financial Field, providing value to Eagles fans throughout the season. Absolutely. And by the way, Eagles fans, as part of the deal, you will have the opportunity to enter exclusive sweepstakes to win game tickets and a VIP Real Azul tequila tasting with an Eagles legend. Imagine tipping some back with one of your favorite former Eagles, all in the spirit of great tequila. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. We thank you for joining us on this Eagles Insider podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Thanks to Ray Doyle for his work promoting it and organizing it with the guests along with our Eagles media relations team. Peter Kelly, of course. He's kind of like the Fred Astaire, a dancer of production. Always making it fine, just perfect. Getting all the dance steps down perfectly. So, Peter, thank you so much. And thanks to all of you for joining us each and every episode. If you have a moment to provide a review, and we love those five-star reviews, there's a link in the details section of your podcast library. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro saying thank you for joining, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go, birds! E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!